This is Dyson X, the podcast, episode 247 for the week of February 6th, 2011. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Dies and Chewy X, the podcast and extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dies and Chewy X. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Julian, 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 welcome back to the show, man. Yes, well, it was a, a bit of a longer absence than I intended, but I should be back in the swing of things and ready to go. Awesome. Yeah, last week when we were doing the manga review, it ended up, I think we noted that it was like uh, late into Sunday, so be kind of middle of your night morning into Monday. That's the deal when you're in Japan. Sometimes it just doesn't line up the way we like. Yeah, but eventually it seems like we got ourselves arranged or at least you messaged me while i was online and here we are <laughs> and this is like the prime time to do it it it's is it's like everyone's schedules just kind of gel julian's morning's off to start ours is off to a close in the evening but hey let's do those introductions julian you're in japan you uh you do that little site with me daizen X. welcome that's correct and across from me here in a very cold basement in new jersey yes oh my god this room's cold like i you know said last week. gotta outfit this place with um Forget the soundproofing. We yeah. need some heat. I know, I know. Other than the cold, Mary's doing all right? I am pretty okay. Reading some Wolverine upstairs? <laughs> yeah. I was, um, you know, I've been getting a lot of graphic novels out of the library lately, and I totally, I guess because Wolverine's not necessarily my favorite, but I totally miss it. They had like a gazillion volumes of the uh, classic series, yeah, so yeah. I've been snatching it up. All right. And so now yeah. I gotta switch into Japanese I was culture. gonna say, switch from the American shonen to the Japanese shonen. I know, it's, uh... <laughs> Um, it's hard. <laughs> Mary, you're doing it wrong. Over. It's supposed to be all JoJo all the time. <laughs> oh, I know. Although we did watch some Dragon Ball earlier today, so I think it should be kind of easy to get back into the groove. That's right. In preparation for this here show. We got Julian with us. We got Mary with us. My name is Mike Vegito EX. As I say, I am the ringleader of this circus. Joining us later on is going to be our buddy Heath Hujio from Konzentai. He's going to do the topic with us. Julian, while we have you, though, you and I and Mary, we're going to do all that other stuff. We're going to do the news. We're going to do the releases. We're going to do an email, which is going to be a topic in and of itself. We got some uh, good stuff going on here. So what is this episode all about? episode 247 we're going to talk about i'm not sure if this was the title elsewhere but it makes the most sense the movie overview special it's one of the oft forgotten tv specials for the franchise it's difficult to give it a number if you wanted to give it a number it might actually be tv special number two but since we consider trunks the second special we kind of ignore that fact and we just give it its own name we're going to tell you all about what that is a little bit later on only other thing on the note before we hit the news i occasionally mean to mention what some of the follow-up discussion is on our forum because we have a thread for every episode if you enjoyed last episode uh jake our buddy herms from constantine him and i were going back a little forth wait what did i just say him and i were going back a little forth you think i talked on a podcast every week or something back and forth a little bit um, about the shonen power creep 
with uh, the booze story arc and is the magical is that the point where it becomes too much or was it already too ridiculous so if you like that angle you can read a bunch of text from Jake and I but also Puto who is from Portugal popped in you remember the email at the end of the last episode was a fan from Portugal one know where can I get stuff what should I do lots of good recommendations there from a fellow fan in Portugal as I've coined it here in the outline awesome global fandom awesomeness there's just <laughs> so much amazing stuff from so many amazing fans I love that we are kind of the central global hub for the franchise or so we like to think so that's uh, all I got for stuff oh my god I am so cold let's do news can we like work out <laughs> while we record I'm going to get you guys started here on the news, and then I'm going to warm myself up for a bit while you talk. Uh, we actually mentioned this at the very end of last episode because I forgot to throw it on the outline. But there is another cover song coming with the Bakuman TV series in Japan. We've talked a bit about the first two volumes. Uh, they're getting limited editions every single volume, it seems. One got it, two got it, and it seems like three is getting it. Uh, the first volume came with the cover of Hedshala. Second volume came with the cover of Makafushigi. And the third volume has been announced. Details are out now. It's going to come with a cover of Romantiku Ageruyo, the closing theme to the Dragon Ball TV series, the first TV series. Uh, volume 1 just came out, and it should be doing any time now. I think my package from PlayAsia shipped almost a week and a half ago, so I'm a little upset that it's not here yet. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But speaking of... Romantic. Romanticu Ageruyo is something uh, you found a recent cover for. Well, I guess it wasn't a recent cover. That's that's the news. That's the problem. Is that this has been out since July, and you recently discovered this floating around on a CD Japan. No, I actually found this on Amazon Japan. Oh, sorry. This Amazon is one of those Japan. days where I go to Amazon Japan. Type in Doragon Boru, see what comes up. Did I miss anything? Yes. God damn it. You did, and it's yet another cover of the uh, <laughs> first Dragon Ball ending to add to the arsenal. And we can call it that at this point. We, we totally can. It is becoming an arsenal. So this is done by Clement. Clementine? I, would I say guess. Clement. Clementine. Clementine. Maybe with the accent, it should be Clementine, like in French. Then maybe you can, uh, Julian, what do you think the pronunciation of this album is? Because I'm having some trouble here. Probably. Animantine Bosadio Anime or something like that. <laughs> Very good. So uh, this came out apparently on July 21st, 2010, and it contains a cover of Romantic Agario. And as Mike calls it in his oh, notes... Oh, I didn't play you a sample yet. I'm so sorry. That's that's fine. We'll do it. Uh, maybe you'll do a little sample I will, in this year piece. It's a free sample online, so I might as well put it in the show. it as chill relaxed jazzy piano based cover <laughs> it's actually sung wow. in english 
So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you notice that the lyrics seem to be totally changed at first. But if you kind of compare what he's singing to the original lyrics it's of the woman. song, uh, it's kind of a loose adaptation. And as we mentioned, there's been a ton of covers of this song in the last few years, including the upcoming Bakuman cover song. Uh, so the artists include Haruko Momoi, Shoko Nakagawa, Yoko Ishida, Sherry, Kikugo, Inoue, and Wild Strawberry. Well, actually, that's one of the same. It was, Inoue did that, I think it was six tracks, but it was under the artist of Wild Strawberry, but it was her. Okay. We also got uh, Hitomi Kitamura and Ushio Hashimoto, who is the original artist for the song. Isn't that ridiculous? Uh, I didn't know the song was that beloved, to yeah, be right? honest. I had no idea. Coming up next, we've got the Dragon Ball Season 1 price drop. By way of right stuff, we have a permanent price drop announced from Funimation for the first of the Dragon Ball TV Blue Bricks down to $34.98. It's already been selling for far cheaper than on, than that on most online retailers, but this should spread to brick and mortar now if anybody is out there still carrying it. Amazon has it for about $23, so that's probably your best bet. The Blue Bricks just finished up in 2010. They came out in five cents over 20, 2009 to 2010, and it is the latest print of the series of only two, the original two-disc sets and the Blue Bricks. And it's all we should probably expect for this foreseeable future, at least as long as Funimation is still putting out the Dragon Ball Z Dragon Boxes. Right. I mean, the word has been, you know, we're concentrating on Z right now. The movie set that they kind of announce is now like, uh, maybe. I wouldn't really hold my breath for anything at this point. If you haven't picked up the original TV series, getting cheaper, may as well do it, right? Yeah. This is not in the full widescreen, is it? No, no. The uh, GT and the first TV series, they are 4x3. I always forget this. I always screw it up. One of them was progressive, though, and one of them was interlaced. I can't remember which it was, so I don't want to say it and get it wrong. I think GT was interlaced. Ah, I'm probably going to oh, get you it wrong. Said it. You shouldn't have said it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. All right. Uh, speaking of Funimation, Navarre is their parent company. I forgot what year they bought him. It's like 05, It's been a few 06. years now, yeah. It, it's been a while. Anyway, they had their uh, quarter three fiscal 2011 um, earnings report and their conference call was earlier this week. Pretty much nothing of any importance to Dragon Ball fans this quarter. I guess we'll just give you the update. It was previously stated that they expected a decision on the sale of Funimation because they are actively trying to sell them by the end of calendar year 2010. That didn't happen. So now they're saying they're still in talks with a few folks. They haven't received an adequate offer though and if they don't come to a final deal by the end of next quarter they're going to reassess if they want to keep them off for sale or just keep them um navar did note that through this whole process they were going to run the company as if they were going to keep running the company which i think is pretty smart because you, you keep the company looking well in terms of trying to sell them anyway e even though they're classified as a discontinued business they're really hitting at home with Funimation and while they've been they use the word stringent with new licenses and they're working hard to monetize their heavy hitters which is kind of a dull thing track them all obviously uh, it's been going pretty well and Funimation's been doing great and I kind of see them ending up keeping them. I mean, Navarre's really, really heavily moving into the distribution business. They just opened up a new distribution center in Canada. They handle distribution for some pretty big players. Distribution of production, what, again? Mainly home media like DVDs and stuff, but they also do some video games and software as well. They um, recently acquired a software developer, I think it was. So that, that's what they do. Funimation obviously produces stuff. But if you're a producer, you also need a distributor. Helps if your parent company is a distributor. So it's weird, but it kind of works out in the end. That's the uh, Funimation update. So I'm hoping next quarter 
we kind of know what the deal is and kind of, I don't want to say we put it behind us, but just kind of know what the future no, of Funimation is. I mean, if is. things have been running like business as usual, yeah, yeah. then it's all good. And right now, Funimation's, oh man, I forget when that five-year extension was. It was maybe about a year ago. Have to go back and check. But Funimation, they extended their Dragon Ball license for five years. I don't think it was a year ago. Maybe it was like it was, six months ago. I think it was in 2010. Yeah, it was in 2010. And we projected it was going to carry through 2015. So Funimation's got the license for a while. We're just going with them for the next uh, couple of years. That's it. But uh, Julian, over to your land with the game company figures. Yes. So we have Nanko Bandai's fiscal uh, quarter three of fiscal 2011 details. They posted 5.6 billion yen of profit, which is about 68.6 million dollars for the third quarter of fiscal year 2011. The first time in quite a while, the Dragon Ball franchise did not perform well enough to show up in the top five to six franchises to allow for more extensive net sales figures. Oh, that sucked. There was nothing in there. I wouldn't say it sucks. Well, it sucks I think it's for very. Me. It's very telling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I know that you live and die on these minute <laughs> financial details, Mike. I do. There was some uh, hobby stuff, though. So, in terms of general toys and hobby merchandise for non-video games, the franchise dropped in net sales from 2.6 billion yen for the first three quarters of fiscal 2010 to 1.7 billion this quarter or this year, and the company is still forecasting a drop down to 2.7 billion, same as forecast last quarter for the full year, compared to 3.3 billion in fiscal 2010. No individual Dragon Ball video game sales were noted in the report, both Tag versus and Tenkaichi Tag Team, that's the same game, uh, for the PSP, and Raging Blast 2 for the PS3 and 360 were released this past quarter, the latter having a first week that could be spun as either good or bad, beating the best-selling game that week, but selling 10,000 fewer copies than its predecessor. Yeah, it's uh, weird. I mean, the big Dragon Ball game of the year was out that quarter. Tekken 6 is still kind of carrying them. It's been out for a while. I think it did... 3 million copies total, something like that. But Ben 10 is huge for him. Dragon Ball wasn't up there. So I mean, this kind of goes along with everything that we've been seeing. It's just Dragon Ball's on a downward trend. Now, this is all in yen, but uh, Nanka Bandai's report is global. It does break down some sales figures for the US, Europe, Japan. Uh, Dragon Ball, not doing so great this past quarter. But Oversaturation. Possibly, possibly. That's uh, the news this last week. It's been a bit of financial stuff and a bit of... Kind of some product things and prices and cover songs. That's uh, that's what you got. Your base is covered. Except yep. for a print. That's all that's missing. All right. So what we're going to do now is we're probably going to say goodbye to Julian for just a little bit. But you're going to be back and we're going to do some releases after the topic. If we can temporarily pull Mary away from her X-Men toys. Oh, and it is difficult. <laughs> joining us to talk about the so-called movie overview special Mr. Hujio, Constantai, welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, did you call it the movie overview special? It's just kind of what it's been floating around as being named because it kind of is better than the real title. Yeah, I like that title because it's not so misleading. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we introduced earlier in the episode that it's one of these, I called it the oft-forgotten one of the oft-forgotten TV specials. I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, there's a couple things. Heath, you and I have talked about um, this a little bit and the uh, year-end special from 1993. But just to give people kind of a broad overview, yeah, there were the two TV specials that we think of with DBZ, the Bardock special, the Trunk special. Those are sort of like the movies in that they were a complete story beginning to end. This is a little different. It's something like a clip show, right? I mean, it's interesting introduced by the characters and you see clips from movies this 
aired during DBZ's run. Heath, you're saying, I mean, it was after movie seven. You're placing it sometime after July 92. Right. It's the way that they word the introduction. I believe it's Gohan who says it. And they say, you know, now go see the movie or something like that, implying that the movie's already out. Now, the title of this, this is what we were joking about earlier. It's Dragon Ball Z Kyokugen Batoru Sandai Super Saiyajin. Special. So really, it's just the title of movie seven with the word special at the end, which is right. why it's so horribly, horribly misleading. And they show it throughout the whole thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was saying I'm like that. They may as well have just played movie seven. Yeah. I mean, it starts with, uh, well, well, we'll get to it. Let's do some more exposition before we tell people uh, how this actually goes. Now, I busted out the PGM collection, the three-disc set from, I think it was 2006, because I remember that it's got a complete list of all the TV episodes, their air dates, titles, and all that. And I do remember that one of the two extra TV specials was listed in there. Originally, I thought it was this, but it was actually that um, end-of-the-year special from December 31st, 1993. Now, I started looking through a couple of Japanese blog sites, and a couple of them list the movie overview special as a TV special, just like some of the other ones. And then the numbering gets all out of whack because Bardock came first. Yeah. Then there was this. So this is special too. And then I think Trunks was in there somewhere. And then the other one was four. That's, it's another reason why I don't like calling it the third DBZ TV special because it's just, it gets so confusing. Everyone already knows the two. Right, right. You know, and those two are, they're basically episodes just expanded upon right you you get extended you know whatever aren't they they're like 45 minutes something like that yeah yeah there's a double episode i mean that's they actually put thought they're like we're gonna animate all this we're gonna write a story and then you have this which is basically hey we're gonna take a bunch of clips throw it together and we're gonna call it a special and we're gonna animate as little as goddamn possible (laughs) there's only uh end credits of this there's only one key animator (laughs) (laughs) special he drew one scene yes and they kind of like move some arms otherwise so yeah it's just a clip show from the movies but we've got goku and gohan narrating a bit with a little bit of new animation they're all dressed up in some nice white suits but let's give some background on how i guess you would say most american fan not even most american fans how folks like us even learn that this existed the first time i ever saw it was from our old buddy Ramza, who ran a site called Dragon Ball Blast back in the late 90s, and I think he went into the early 2000s a little bit. He was from the the fan sub. I don't want to say fan sub generation. I'd say like the fan, because we were all from that generation. Kind of like that side of fandom where he cataloged which groups subbed what, and I mean, he just had a plethora of tapes. So, of course, this eventually made its way to him. It was a real shitty quality version, though. Oh, just horrible. The saturation. The bending. Blinds the... you. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. But we at least knew it existed, and we're like, all right, I think those two characters are in suits. Maybe white, maybe yellow, maybe doesn't exist at all. Not entirely sure. I think they were transparent at that point. Pretty bad. But we at least saw that this thing existed. Now, there's a little bit better of a copy many, 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 many years later. And by many, I mean like a couple ago. Heath, I'm pretty sure that this originally came from Peking Duck, who is, I would say, a Japanese fan of a little bit of notoriety. He was interviewed for a terrible guidebook, but... (laughs) And he's put out other videos, too. Yeah, yeah. They've all been taken down, so most of anything of his that's still available is people actually saved it. 
Yeah, yeah. He did put up, and you can always tell it's his stuff because he had in the upper right corner, it's like for YouTube ver- version. Yeah. So you, you can tell when uh, this guy, he's got a website too. I don't think it's been touched in a long time. but uh, uh, I think in at least almost 10 years. <laughs> it's kind of sad. But uh, I mean, we know where some of these versions are coming from. We have a new version that we were able to review thanks to, I think we mentioned him last episode, K17, who is a Japanese fan. He, under the condition that we review this TV special gave us a copy to review. Do you remember what the backstory was? Was this originally recorded on beta? Uh, yes, I believe so. Wow. So I guess uh, that explains why it looks so decent. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He has um a friend that had saved all these tapes. I don't know if it was his cousin or who it was, but they didn't want him anymore, and so now he has like all of Dragon Ball Z on beta. Right. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Which is just amazing, because I can only imagine how much room that takes up. How many players is it going through? I mean, they're notorious for breaking down back then. You can only imagine 2011, what kind of beta players yeah. he's working with. But uh, Now, he did mention to me that this was probably recorded not the first time it aired, but a subsequent airing. Um, it did, I think, three times in there. There's a commercial for the Dragon Ball Z 3 Famicom game. So, yeah. I mean, I'd have to go back and check the date on... Oh, let's do that, because we have the internet. Well, and they have, uh, I believe, different stations aired it at different points, because they would do that with a lot of things. Right, right. So, it would depend on what region you lived in, and then they would they would air it at a certain date, and then they'd either re-air it, or some other region would air it. Like this, the, the copy we got was from Tokai TV, which is in a different region of Japan, but it's a Fuji TV affiliate. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Julian's been mentioning that too where he's actually a week behind on whatever the kai airing is supposed to be yeah yeah the schedule for kai is actually kind of weird if you don't live in tokyo it you get kind of screwed yeah i was just looking over at um the game guide you guys have on constantai and dragon ball z3 for the famicom was out in august 92 so i mean it's in that ballpark if they're advertising that game yeah which makes sense so I guess we have to review this, and it's difficult to review because it is sort of just a clip show from Dragon Ball movies 1, 2, 3, and then Dragon Ball Z movies 1 through 6 with a bit of 7 in there. That's more than a promotion. bit. It is. It's kind of all the significant parts of the movie. It's basically, here's the beginning, here's a little in the middle, and here's the end. Well, it's not up through... It's difficult. It's He turns... He, Gatai, we have the big blue version of 13. He's integrated the other two. So we don't see the final fight against him, but we get pretty much everything leading up. That's because I got to tease you up to the point that it's like, okay, go buy it now. Yeah. Don't they show him absorbing the Genki Dama? I don't think so. Am I imagining that? I think you are. I'm pretty sure. I thought it got up to that point. Mm -mm, I'm pretty sure they faded down after he transformed there. All right. Well, I'm going to believe you on this one. All right. I guess let's kind of do just a breeze through of what happens. They um, introduced movie seven. It's the stuff where uh, 14 and 15 are flying after Goku. Trunk shows up. Goku flies off. And then Goku and Gohan arrive in the setting of DBZ movie seven, kind of like in this city mall area. They arrive in these white tuxes and they start introducing what the hell is going on from there on out it's really just clips from the movies and they start doing it a little differently and then they do it some other stuff it's like they start showing just clips but then they go into things like a little green box will show up and goku will be talking over top it they'll do narration over top movies then they flip-flop how they're doing it so it's not really consistently presented but they 
I guess, do whatever they want to with each given movie. Did you notice what I noticed between certain movies? Uh, are you talking about the aspect ratio? Yes. Yeah, yeah, this is something... I thought that was really weird. I sort of knew about this. It was always in the back of my head. Mary, if you think back to Dwayne Johnson's Particle Man music video, mm-hmm. the scenes from movie one with Goku popping out of the water right. were in 4 by 3 And that's always been in my head, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if... I mean, because it was before Funimation's release. Was it a release from a different country? But we've recently, I guess, relearned and kind of put the pieces together. I know K-17 confirmed this. Dragon Ball movies 1, 2, 3 and Dragon Ball Z movies 1, 2, 3 released in Japan as 4 by 3, the full frame. Yeah, and it's really weird because then when you watch this, that's how it is. And then once you hit DBZ movie 4, everything's letterboxed. Yeah, yeah. It's like, this is kind of weird now i think one of the reasons why i never really picked up on this was uh, this is kind of one of my fandom secrets i didn't personally own movies one two three fan subbed so well for either series actually uh so i didn't have this floating around in my memories remember you did own those movies fan subbed but did you just get them so late that i wouldn't say i get them late those were actually some of the first ones i got fan subbed oh really mm-hmm. i was so into oh my god i have these movies how <laughs> I know. awesome i know like, totally i would i know anything about the presentation yeah back then you're uh you're watching it especially the fan sub days where you just get these magical tapes that have a japanese cartoon on them you just completely absorbed i guess one of my things was maybe it was just me because i'm not as familiar with this as you are but was some of the music totally different um i don't think so there were some weird edits as they were going from scene okay to maybe scene. that's what it was because there were certain scenes where it's like i don't remember that being the music in this scene no my familiarity we were noting this with movie four despite i watching although we watched the big green version didn't we a year ago yes that was when you were up here yeah i mean that was the last time i watched it i'm not that familiar with that movie and i just purge it from memory so if anything i've seen it like three times in my life i know i know i think i'm up to four maybe but overall i think it was totally accurate except for the weird edits which would occasionally interrupt music mid-scene and so uh, that may have been contributing to it. Let's talk about some of these montages, though. I noticed um, they did one early on that I thought was about attacks. But then the last one they did was very specifically about attacks. It was attacks about the attacks because they, they named off. them right there in text. They had, um, what else did they do? Like a general character introduction thing. They had uh, the wishes Right, throughout right. the movies, which was pretty Oh, cool. that's right, yeah. And that one I thought was pretty helpful because I, again, having only seen movie four three times, I was like, oh, they made a wish in that movie? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, it's weird because then even as you would go through each movie when a new villain would show up, you know, they'd write in text form, like, here's his name, here's his voice actor. Well, here's the thing. Did they start doing that only with the DBZ movie one? I don't think yeah. they wrote out yeah. good they didn't, and... they didn't do it for any of the Dragon Ball ones. And I think a lot of that was, you know, most of those No, wait, they did, it, they did it for Tao Pai Pai. Oh, okay. Did they? Because most of those characters are, are reused from the series, so it's not like... You know, a lot of fans wouldn't have been familiar with them. I don't know, because movie one is uh, good a mess, and they didn't show Lucifer at all for movie two. Yeah, that was no, weird. They, didn't, they was, picked, like, weird scenes. I hated that particular spotlight on that movie. They spent far too much time on it, and they didn't show anything particularly relevant. But it was all funny. That's the thing. I guess. Maybe they went for that. But, yeah, they didn't even show the villain. It was all worth it then. They didn't even, but they didn't even show that much that movie, did I thought they? they showed a ton. They and, showed a lot for movie two. Movie three was, here's Tao Pai. Oh, I was so disappointed. Movie 3, I was really... Because that's my favorite out of all the Dragon Ball ones. And then they basically just 
go on to movie one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that was fun. I don't know. I mean, they show a couple scenes from a couple movies. There's a little bit of commentary. I think twice, and it ends this way, Goku comments on the clothing. He kind of, like, slouches over, and he obviously wants to get out of yeah, it. Yeah, they were, like, reusing the animation. Yeah, they reused it several times. Did you, um, when they were going through, like, the uh, wishes to the dragon and mm-hmm. everything, the the first one from Dragon Ball movie one is they show the whole scene. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Look at this, and Pansy runs out, and I want, you know, save my land, and it's like, wow, that took forever. And then the rest of them get, like, ten seconds. I think the my one favorite that one... Gohan says was, like, yes. he says a sentence. That was the DBC movie 3, he's up there with Hydra, and he's like, I'm going to show the front. Cut. <laughs> it's weird. They didn't even show Shenlong in that one. It's just Gohan. So yeah. there are some weird editing choices. This is clearly a very, very cheap production. I don't know what else we can say about it. I mean, they get in, they get out. It's um, it's an hour-long block, so you've know. got about 40 minutes, 45. I thought the commercial breaks were pretty long. Yeah, it was surprising. And frequent. They were funny. Yeah, I yeah love they some, were pretty some, good. Some I love the commercials. So, I thought the uh, the pacing in this special was weird. How like, so? Just because they spent way too much time on certain things and not enough on others, and the editing yeah. was awkward, and even the scene choices were awkward in some cases, not yeah. all. Yeah, I, there were some points where something would be happening, and all of a sudden it just abruptly stops, and you're directly in a commercial within a tenth of a second, right in your face, and then a commercial ends, and you're instantly right back into the show there was no breathing at all <laughs> it really made me want to do my own in a way oh god it would be so overproduced <laughs> i know yeah, we could probably do this <laughs> could. probably could and you know very quickly i was just thinking the the recaps for movie five and six were so bad i felt like i had i watched this not knowing anything about the franchise i'd be like what the hell were those two movies about yeah yeah they, they showed was very it, little. Uh, for like six they basically cut straight to their it was the inside. end. They did. They cut yeah. to the very end. Unlike some of the other ones, they showed the defeat of the villain, and that was it for that movie. Yeah, scene selection, I think that is key. Pretty, pretty bad in this production. I mean, what else can we say? Do we want to just get some final thoughts here? Mary, it was worth watching because it's, oh, we've never really seen this. Right. So. Well, I guess the only thing I could say about it is, oh, okay, cool. I guess even Dragon Ball Z has the obligatory clip show. Right. That's it. Heath, was it uh, worth the wait? <sighs> I don't know. It's um, if somebody were to die without ever seeing this, I don't think it'd make any difference, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) But um, it's one of those things where we've known it's existed for so long and you've always wanted to see it because it's just that unknown factor and the nostalgia. of. I know for me, it's like, oh, there's still something out there that I haven't seen that I I just haven't been able to get a hold of. And well, now I have. It's anticlimactic. That that feels, it feels good to have seen it, but at the same time, it's kind of, yeah. It's like, oh, it's over. Anticlimactic. I mean, but the, the good thing, is we knew what we were in for because yeah, we knew yeah. exactly what it was. Definitely. And it turned out to be exactly what we thought it was. Yeah, I think that's very different from something like Plan to Eradicate the Science where it gets built up so much for fans in some ways and you watch it and it's just so poorly executed. This is, we knew it was a clip show. We knew it was just talking about the movies and we knew Goku and Gohan just be standing there in suits. That was it. So we got exactly what we were expecting. So I'm with you in that no one ever really needs to see this, but I'm glad we finally have a copy that we can document and get some 
decent information about and finally authoritatively speak about, all right, this is what happens. This is what they show. Man, wasn't that sloppy? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it was. All right. So at this point, we need to eventually do a uh, complete review of the year-end special from 1993, right? That's one of the only outlying things that we haven't truly gotten around to doing. Which is somewhat of a clip show. I I mean, and by somewhat, I mean mostly. (laughs) It's kind of like this. It's more Goku explaining, at least to another character. Instead of the now audience. that one I do I I like the beginning part of it because of the story that they actually came up with yeah and yeah it act fits into you know this could be canon this you know anything I guess you could kind of debate that this would be too but I don't know why you would well it's different because this is talking about just the movies and the way they animate the beginning it seems like Goku flies off you know he wants to bring everyone and to Goku a different flies area in. Yeah, yeah. Like, so is he taking a break from the movie? So is he a movie star? Does he know he's in movies? It's a fifth timeline. (laughs) Jake is going to love that. He's going to have to incorporate Suck on that, that, people. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, Mary and Heath, thank you, both of you, for uh, finally getting around to reviewing this with me. And thanks to K-17 for supplying us with a copy under that condition that we sit and do this. So I'm appreciative of that. And uh, I guess with the topic done, we're going to say goodbye to you, Heath. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. I guess a uh, little plug for Constantine. A little plug. You can find me and Herms, or Herms and I, however you like to talk, at Constantine.com. And hopefully we have some updates soon, but I wouldn't hold your breath. All right. I know those uh, work days are killer right now. Yeah. All right. Big time. So for you folks, uh, thank you. And we're going to bring Julian back into the fold, do some releases, and do an email. So now that we're into uh, February for a couple days, let's start us off with some stuff coming out on Tuesday the 8th. We've got the Dragon Ball movie 4-pack from Funimation. It includes the first three Dragon Ball movies plus the 10th anniversary movie. This is the remastered version with the new dub for Dragon Ball Movie 1 that just came out, uh, I guess we could say two months ago now, plus the prior dubs of the other three movies. MSRP is $34.98 and you can get it on Amazon for $24.49 and $20.99 on Right Stuff. All right, uh, I guess I will take February 16th. It's a Wednesday. Dragon Ball Z Kai Part 3 down in Aussie land. Blu-ray and DVD. It's the Funimation version as distributed by Madman. It's Kai episodes 27 through 38. DVD is $59.95 and the Blu-ray is $64.95. They're a little bit behind us in terms of release, but they're keeping up well enough. Julian, over in uh, your home country at the moment. February 23rd on Wednesday, it's Dragon Ball Kai Complete Song Collection. Uh, Catalog number COCX36648. It's got 17 tracks total and all 13 tracks from the previous song collection, plus three vocal songs off soundtrack three and songs, plus Kokoro no Hane. It's going for 2625 manufacturer's suggested retail price, and 2500 at CG Japan. Now, we've mentioned before, it's quite odd for them to be releasing a complete song collection before the series itself is complete Mm -hmm. leading to some questions about what's going on with kai here yep is there anything that you've seen because we still got the same speculation going on nothing so far i mean you know what are they going to do with boo he can he appears on all this kai branded merchandise right in the commercials for the upcoming game yeah yeah i don't know guess we'll all find out in april (laughs) at the very least all right let's uh finish off february here i guess we'll go over to germany kaze is putting out their next dvd box of dragon ball z it's the eighth of ten total so one based on the french video transfer not all that great no drag 
Dragon Box stuff here. It's DBZ TV episodes 231 through 250. The boxes are slimming down as the series goes. It's only four discs. It is four by three, and it is 45.99 euros on Amazon Germany. And you'll see as I scroll down here, March is going to be another killer. You got some DVDs, you got some Kai over here, you got some French cons and bond, you got more CDs, you got an unofficial book. April's a killer, May's a killer. 2011, who'd have thunk it? Dragon Ball's going to be just another crazy year. All right, let's do an email. Julian, use the deep, sexy reading voice. That's what I have all you fine men for. <clears throat> all right. This email comes from Kaboom. We're playing favorites here, totally. <laughs> yes. And Kaboom says, Greetings, sexy dissexies. I guess that's how I pronounce that. Sean, a.k.a. Kaboom here. As a staff member on the forums, I'm obligated to mention that I'm a big fan of the podcast. For the moment, however, I'm shirking my babysitting duties to propose a hopefully interesting question to the show's lucky regulars. In recent books and other supplementary materials, such as the super exciting guides in Dragon Ball Online's backstory, we've been treated to a whole wealth of new information regarding the Dragon Ball mythos and universe, some even straight from Toriyama himself. Awesome little revelations such as Mr. Satan's true identity of Mark, Mr. Boo starting an entire race by getting it on with a wife whom he created from a chunk of himself, and the fact that the Kaio and Kaioshin literally grow on trees, to name only a few. Their value and reception has varied from fan to fan, but they've no doubt made an impact and stirred up conversation. So my question is, what sort of in-universe things are each of you most curious to learn more about? And what kind of marvelous revelations do you think might most change the way fans look at the series? Whether it be past or future history, gritty details about people or places, or just deeper exploration of certain underdeveloped elements. I, for example, have been eager to know more about Frieza's race for a long time. Their history their place in the universe prior to Frieza's planet trade empire, and of course the long-time question of whether or not they have females. Even just learning the name of the species as a whole would satiate my interest and make me squeal like a giddy schoolgirl. As for a widespread effect, I have no doubt that any official post-Frieza battle power numbers getting revealed would shake the fandom to its core, even on X. How about you? I got something. Alright, what you got, Mary? I would love to learn more about the royal hierarchy on planet Vegeta. Oh, like right. circa the King Vegeta, Vegeta's dad that we see and prior. I mean, we know that they're a warrior race. They're all about fighting and cleaning up planets. But and there's actually quite a moderately contradictory story to them going by what's in the manga, going by what's in the TV series. Exactly. Going by what's in GT and going by what's in Saiyajin Zetsumetsu Keiko. Right, so I kind of don't know what to think. Are they right. all barbarians, or do they try and clean up their acts by having, like, this royal, you know, Where the technology come from. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to learn more, like, past generations and how they rule their own people, just, like, internally, what, what kind of setup is that? I hear you. Like? That's actually going to be a topic at some point. Not, <laughs> not answering the question, but at least trying to make sense of what all the contradictions are, so... That'll be cool to do. Julian, how about you? Anything you want to learn more about, even if it's Toriyama just making offhand comments in a book? Oh, there are some things that I'd like to learn about. For one, how did the Tenkaichi Budokai get started in the first place? Ah, uh, yes, there are 20 unknowns. And apart from that, things about, for example, more about the alien species and where they come from and what do they do and all that. But I don't know. One of the most interesting things, I think, for me is how do they get all that stuff into a teeny tiny capsule? <laughs> you want to know the science of the capsule. Hammer space. That's correct. I'm with you on that. That's good stuff. Um, Kaboom totally stole mine, and I think he knew that. And if he didn't know that, he should have known that. I want to know more <laughs> about Freeze's whole entire race and stuff. It's something that uh, we were just reminded of in the last manga review of Awesomeness. 
Kaioshin's like, yeah, any of us could have taken him out in one hit. All right, so they think they're the hottest shit in the universe. I'd like to know, was there anyone other than the Kaioshin, or maybe it didn't even appear on their radar, was anyone watching down on King Cold and Frieza and possibly Kula saying, the, the way that they looked down on the Saiyans, was there anyone looking down at them like, oh, they think they're hot shit, they don't even know that we're out here, and we could totally take them out, and what did they do? We know that Frieza gathered his minions from planets he was conquering, but we could see, how did he get Dodoria and Zarvan, like, what planets were they from? And all of Ginyu, where did he pick them up from? And like, what conversations did he have? What kind of backhanded compliments and smiles did he deliver to them as he was thinking about killing them, but chose to bring them along for the ride instead? That's the stuff I want to see. And I really just want to hear more for you say Nikau is Frieza. So I think that's part of why I want to see it enacted. So Sean, I think those are our answers. I hate that you stole mine, but I'm totally on board with you there. I'd love to hear what other people have to say about this. I know we've been asked this in the past, but it's good to bring it up every so often as we do more and more topics and we're rereading the manga. These kind of things just pop into your head like oh I'd, I'd really love to learn more about this so uh hop over to the forum thread for this over on our twitter and our facebook uh i guess let's talk about all those mary give us the rundown how can people provide their feedback and their answers on what they would like to learn more about okay email podcast at dizx.com it's p-o-d-c-a-s-t at dizx.com twitter you can find us at dizx and facebook at facebook.com slash dizx word up on that why did i say word up Where'd that come from? I don't know. Are we in the nineties? Totally regressing. The here. early nineties. How's it hanging, man? Totally radical. <laughs> <laughs> we should totally wrap up this show it's then. It's totally tubular. Oh, absolutely Kawa bodacious. Yeah, you know where I'm going. Uh, so things to look forward to in conjunction with episode two fifty, we will start up a contest to give away Daisenchu four. That is World Guide. Very, very much look forward to that. It's the kind of stuff you can't find. You just can't get it. Unless, Unless, like, you know, you go to New York and you find it there on a shelf. Yeah, that works, too. So we got that going on. I'm not sure what the topic's going to be next week, but uh, I have a couple bouncing around. Surprises are good. Keep it a surprise. Yeah, I got a buddy Mark that's going to do something with me, and I've got some other topics, and got the new mixer coming in the end of the month, and hopefully Kaboom's going to come up, and there's some awesome things in the works. It's just a matter of, oh my god, it's Friday. Didn't I just put out an episode? Run, run, run. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Ugh. So, Julian. Go play with your baby. With the uh, <laughs> the teething. Mm. That sucks. Did you yes. did you take uh, your mom's advice and my advice, which coincidentally are the same, and essentially get your baby drunk? We'll, we'll, we'll see. I have to probably go out and look for it, but we'll see. Uh, Mary, thank you. Thanks, sir. So, uh, for us, all of us fine folks, and our buddy Heath, who joins us in a little bit to record the topic that... You already heard all of us. You can find us in some way through com. Folks, this was episode 247. We will see you next week for 248. Julian, wrap it up, dude. Daisenshu EX, the podcast. Every week, we bring you the latest in Dragon Ball news and opinion right here on our podcast. Did I say podcast twice? Anyway, we hope to see you next week in a metaphorical sense since we can't actually see you. Anyway... Goodbye. Oh, uh, hold on. I, 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 um, <laughs> I sat on a baby toy. <laughs> Just a minute. Uh, oh, oh, dear.
<laughs> it's barking. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> it was so mean. I love it. <laughs> All right. We ended By the way, up. Are you are you recording me? Yes, I am. Why did something okay. crash? I just realized I never hit record on my... Uh, whatever, I'll use the backup then. That's fine. Okay. <laughs>